was there. Okay, I thought you would just go and come back like we always do. Okay, well, I got news for everyone. It's streaming live on Facebook, and I've hit record. So this is the official record of today, which is November 14th. And uh, Fred, you know, Dan, Fred was waiting for uh, an invitation to come back in because he's a... I didn't want to come too early. Oh, you don't want to do that? I was too early. I wouldn't have been able to... Did you fall asleep? I'll tell you what. I was sitting here. I was about to text (laughs) you and say, what's the holdup? Actually, all I know is this, considering that the three of us are 190 years old, no one's coming too early anymore. Plus when, plus when this happened, hey, funny as you know, it's a splooge joke, a splooge joke. Hey, you, don't, hey. you don't have to do that. Wait, no, you don't have to make it worse. Make it dirtier. Okay. Um, right. And last week when we did this, remember, Dan, you texted me to come back in. So I was uh, all right, right. Well, I'm, okay, you know well, what? It's probably you, my so fault. Ahead of you. It's sick of you. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. You really are. You know, it's a good thing. Uh, anyway, hi, everybody. This is the show. We haven't really started the official show, but uh, today for the pre-show, I've picked out an appropriate, you know, bit of music that will give everyone a, a bit of context as to where we are, what we're doing. This kicks off the official Humble and Fred on the Road season. November, December, actually, November, January, February, and March. We will be coming to you from around the world, and today, from the historic San Miguel de Allende. And uh, Dan Duran, Fred's been here, but Dan, what I thought I would do for you, because I know you're... Well, you've got a great eye, but I know you'd, you know, understand there's, you know, history and there's... This is one of the uh, seven magical towns of Mexico, and it is a protected town by the World Heritage Convention of UNESCO. Wow. So this is one of those places designated as a special, special place. And I, I, listen, I can't tell you much about it. I've been here for a couple of days, and, you know, Freddie has spent way more time here than I have. But I can tell you my first impressions are... It really is something. I, I don't know what I expected. You know, Freddie, how many times have you been here? Twice. And how long each time? The first time, I think, was like uh, oh, maybe nine days or something. And then the second time was two weeks. And both of the times in the uh, complex here that I'm staying in? Right where you are in uh, El Secreto. El Secreto. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway... I will just tell you that I took a little trip into town. I got here Saturday. I flew into Mexico City, and it was about a four-hour ride uh, in a um, Baja Go shuttle. And uh, my, I had, you know, I've been to Mexico many times. And Dan, uh, you remember the uh, woman I dated? Yeah, I remember her. who uh, lived here in Mexico City. So I spent some time. Uh, but it's been a while since I've been one-on-one with somebody who barely, who, when I say barely, spoke a few English words, but barely spoke English. Well, how did you get him to figure out where you're going? Well, it was already booked. It's a pre-booked shuttle. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our, it's a uh, service between Mexico City Airport and uh, uh, San, Miguel. San Miguel. Okay. And I'll just say, just back up quickly, all of this uh, couldn't be possible if it wasn't for our... I don't even know how to, our friend, our mentor, our former business partner, a guy that I've known since 1991, 
the uh, magical Bill Hertz who arranged the everything from the shuttle to where I was going to stay and has been uh, already showing me around the place. Anyway, back to the shuttle, though. So I get in this guy and I, I know about 27 Spanish words and I can say them in various order. So I didn't really I had Google Translate out for the four hours and I was trying whenever I would come up with a question that I didn't know how to ask, I would do it in the Google Translate. But we sort of settled in to uh, this, Freddie. I haven't told you. I told Dan. He said to me, do you mind if I play some music? I said, sure. No. He, and he had his Spotify up. <laughs> and, uh, for the better part of four hours, we listened to every BG song recorded. <laughs> because that was his favorite. And I mean all of them. I'm talking about Saturday Night Fever, something he did with the Barbra Streisand, Andy Gibb. And, uh, and it was funny. At one point, he and I were singing along to, I don't know, jive talking. And I thought, well, this all makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, was, you were the only guy in the shuttle? Oh, yeah. Oh, Did you really? go d- deep in the catalog, like back to Dan. Massachusetts Dan, and stuff? so deep. <laughs> in the event of something happening to me, there is something I would like you all to see. Cha-cha-cha-cha, talking, how deep is your love? And I, we were singing, and we laughed, and we had a great time. And I really got to, I really had a nice time with him. And I said to him in Spanish, uh, how, would you mind stopping for the baño or the toilet? No problem, we stop at a... At one of those places along the road, and it was kind of like an en route place. And he also had to go to the bathroom. And this is significant because it's a typical Humble and Fred shit story. So I, I wanted to go to the washroom. I hadn't gone to the washroom number two all day, and I was a little bit bunged up. So I asked him to go to the toilet, and, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just go in there and quickly do my business. The problem is they charge you for toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. The girl stands over front the door. Oh yeah, yeah. But I didn't have any change. You know, I had some, you know, <laughs> I had some bills, you know, hundreds and two hundreds pesos. So I had to ask my shuttle driver. I said, ex- ex- you know, compromiso, señor. Do you have some change? He had to give the woman change for me so I could make a poop. Mm. And you know what? Somehow that bonded us because we got back in the car and we just got right back and. Uh, into the BG's catalog. Mm-hmm. How do you ask for toilet paper in Spanish? Did you do that in Google Translate? Yeah, I think so. Well, toilet, you know, I don't know. I guess it's banyo uh, something. Paper? Banyo paper? Maybe. Mm. But it did bond us because he was in there taking a leak and then I had to sort of shy, sheepishly say, uh, Compromiso, senor, I don't have any change. Can you, can you help a brother out who needs to take a dump? So, what is the exchange still around 15, 15 uh, pesos to one Canadian dollar? Something yeah, like essentially, that? I've been looking at it like yeah. six to like for ten dollars or a hundred pesos is sixty Canadian dollars or six hundred pesos is six dollars. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Make sure you get that right. Yeah, I'm pretty well now that you've quite now that you've stopped. I, I've been doing that. So a hundred. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, anyway, but I haven't been there in a few years, so I don't know. But last time I looked, it was around. Uh, yeah, it's one point four six. You're right. So one hundred Canadian dollars is one thousand four hundred and sixty seven pesos. But one hundred pesos is not six dollars. That is correct, sir. A hundred. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a thousand pesos is sixty dollars. Does that not sound right? No. 
But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm all, I never know. I get a little nervous with him because I'm not sure if I'm doing it right or. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred. A hundred no, dude, I'm right. A hundred pesos. Okay. I didn't say you were wrong. Oh, I, I did. I think did. you made it sound like I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. A hundred pesos is. Uh, is six dollars. Six dollars and eighty one cents. Okay. Anyway, so All I right. finally you got go out here. And buy something that you would buy here. Is your buying power with that was the same when you do all the conversion? Is it kind of cheaper there, or is it about the same? I think you know? some things are cheaper here, Freddie. I mean, I haven't really. I did some grocery shopping yesterday, and it seemed you know the prices seemed similar, but the uh, market that we went to, I think it's called City Market, and uh, Dan, it, it's one of the most modern markets I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, I like it. I mean, a lot. I don't know what I thought this was going to be like, but it's it's all it's it's two things. It's more historic and old and also new than I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like the restaurants we went on the first night we went up for uh, I had Thai food at this place and it was great. Mm. You know, and and that's where Bill wanted to go. It was like a noodle bar and it was, you know, fantastic food. And I don't, and it was a little bit cheaper than I think we would have paid in Toronto. But remember, you know, Toronto is the you know, most expensive city in the country. So, but here's the, the key. If you're comparing to Toronto dollar for dollar, you're laughing. Like I was just in new Orleans. You can't do everything you look at. It's 30, 40% more. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So if you were thinking, oh, I'd pay about this, the same as this in Toronto and Canadian, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah, that's, made, the, that's the beauty of Mexico. Yeah, you've just made 40%. Yes. yes. Which is the opposite when you go to New Orleans. Yeah. It sucks. So all in all, uh, we'll be uh, doing our show. I don't want to keep the uh, dwell on this, but we're going to be here. I'm going to be here for a few weeks. Freddie is going to the DR in the middle of uh, January, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while, I'll be in Toronto. You'll be there. There's going to be a crossover period where you're there and I'll be back here, but not in this part of Mexico. But uh, it's all part of the winter plan to keep the Humble and Fred show going as we age with energy. Yes. Uh Nicely said. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) Getting out there in the world. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Showing who's uh, who. And while you still can't, I mean, this is a recurring theme on the Humble and Fred show. You get to be in your 60s. You can't take anything for granted. Yes, Canadian men live into their 80s, but you don't know, you know, your physical capabilities. You know, now is the future is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best. Now is the future for old people. Yeah. No, but, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to our friend Bill, who I I'm not 100% sure how old Bill Hertz is, but it's got to be closer to 80, 77, 78. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about this at dinner last night. You know, a lot of people he knows in his age category have neck and back and elbow yeah. and shoulder and replacement hips and new knees. And he's had none of that. And I'll tell you why. Part of it is he's been strong his whole life. He's a very strong man. But, you know, in his 50s and 60s, he started to get serious about, you know, riding bikes and uh, mm-hmm. working out in the gym and you can just see what it's done for him is because he's still you know when you shake his hand you better be you better be ready buddy because he's a strong man and and uh, whereas a lot of guys they sort of i don't know maybe they don't 
do it on purpose, but they sort of think at some age in their 60s, why bother? You know, why bother staying in shape or why bother working out a little bit? But it does, I think it helps you as you get into your 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of his peer group can't do what he does, which is walk a golf course and walk all around here and go. He's going to go work out with me on Thursday. And, you know, he's a he's a vital, you know, strong person. And as strong as he is, he's sweet. He's a God. He's a sweet man. You know, I, I, he, I, he put it. I'm going to tell you, I know I, I don't. I'm sure he's going to be listening. He at some put point. a chocolate under your pillow. <laughs> He took, he took me trick-or-treating, even though I missed it. No, he put his yeah. arm around me at one point yesterday and just said, Howie, because he calls me Howie. He said, Howie, I'm just so happy you're here. And I was like, oh, Bill, God damn it. Here's how sweet yeah. he is. Um, Wait a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking brick. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to try my best to not sour Bill on me. Uh, you know, the only thing I couldn't find, here's how sweet he is, and then we'll uh, get on to other business. Here's how sweet Bill is. You know, Dan has turned me into a coffee snob. Years ago, I could drink anything, and then Dan and part of the coffee uh, underground, I really like good coffee and strong coffee. And, and they have a nice Keurig machine here. And they had a few pods left uh, at my place. And I had some yesterday morning. It's by a company you may have heard of, Folgers. Which they, I guess they've been around for a while, you know. But <laughs> they, they make... They they've make, done some work in coffee. They've I done think, some yeah. coffee and work. Ground, ground, groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. You may have heard of them, Freddie. But, you know, it, the Keurig pods they have is for an average coffee drinker who doesn't like it too, you know, aggressive. I'll just say that. So we go to this. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> so we go to the city place market and they've got every kind of coffee in the world and every kind of pod for Nespresso. They don't have any Keurig cups. Couldn't find you need it. To, you need to change your uh, system. <clears throat> Maybe buy yourself one of those presses or something. Right? Okay. But just wait for it, Dan. Here's what. Oh, okay. Sorry, just wait sorry. for it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I thought of that. I mean, I'll go and get a French press or something. So I was at Bill's place last night for dinner and he said, oh, by the way. Because uh, he's got a, a drip coffee, like um, a coffee machine. He said, oh, I was, I was, he was uh, talking to his uh, partner, Ronnie, Rhonda. And he said, uh, we're going to give you our coffee maker. I'm like, what? I said, no, Bill, well, I'm sure we can find Keurig cups. You go, no, no, we were going to have to get a new one anyway. We'll go buy a new one and give you ours. And I was like, oh, Papa. <laughs> oh, Papa. <laughs> Sounds great. But when I was there, he served me coffee in bed. Hmm. <laughs> well, he told me about that, and he said, "Yeah, fucking Freddie kept you know texting me his order. I thought it was a little bit much, but I went along with it, Howie. I went along with it because I'm a very sweet man. <laughs> I'm a nice man. He said I thought it was kind of a dick move, but I went along with it. Hey, you know the best part of waking up is Folgers is in, in your cup. cup. That's right. The best part. <laughs> I, I, of I knew there was a slogan. There. Oh yeah, I, I researched it. Did you? How long did that research take? <laughs> Oh, man. You know, it's uh, funny, Folgers, when you think of that. You think, eh, like Maxwell House, that kind of. <laughs> Dahl and I, a few years ago, we were on our way to Boston, stayed in a bed and breakfast, and the coffee in the morning was so good. Like, it was excellent. I Just so flavorful and mellow and wonderful. And I said to the guy, what is this, this coffee? Is it local? i got to get some. 
and it was Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? It was, it, it was Dunkin' Donuts. It's funny you say that. Because it is funny. You say a lot funny, of things. Everything's funny. funny. <laughs> because I looked through the pods that they do have here, and the other pods, Dan, that they have are Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> um, well, try it. I'm going to. Hang on. Yeah. Have a listen to this. I did some research. The day's looking new and bright. And you're going to start it right. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. So that's like the updated version of that one. Mm-hmm. Was there a Randy Travis or some country star or used to sing that too? No. Uh, you know what? I don't know, but I'll tell you, that was uh, certainly something we all could have come up with. Yeah, but you did. You were the one who went the extra mile, did that extra research, brought the richness to the show that, uh, you know, was missing till now. Oh, I know. I, was, I wasn't taking credit. Remember Maxwell saying. House? Maxwell House. No, I was going to say. I'm their taking, slogan was? Anyway, I'll just address Dan later. What is their slogan? <laughs> <clears throat> Maxwell House, theirs was good to the last drop. That's right. Mm. Uh, okay, well, while we're on this, what was Nescafe? Um... Go ahead. Keep researching. I can't remember. You know, my mother drank uh, instant coffee and it was horrible. Like, like those crystals you'd put in the. Do you know what I'm talking about, Dan? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. I remember. Folgers has crystals. Yes. And I remember even thinking as a kid that, well, not till I got to be a teenager and because they would only and I think I've told you this, they would only use drip coffee for special occasions. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, we, when I was a kid, we had the percolator. We had, the oh, yeah. corn, we had the Corningware percolator on the stove. My dad would get up at five, make a pot of coffee. And I've told you this at a young age, like nine, 10 years old, I'd get up in the morning at eight, eight o'clock or so and have a coffee, three hour old coffee. That's what <laughs> I grew up on. Like unbelievable. And you know, the way it tastes after. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. you, did you also uh, twist up a make your own smoke and then, you know, <laughs> put on your steel toed boots to work in the my, factory? My dad, my dad never did the roll your own. Some yeah. other guys' dads did. But, uh, yeah, memories, eh? Memory. My dad went through, and maybe my brother's, maybe this isn't even my own memory, but I believe for a while him and Luba, because they smoked so much, had one of those automatic machine yeah no the thing where you put the tube in you put the yeah. cigarette tobacco in one end and then you throw you fill uh, fit the tube in the other end and then you go yes. yeah and so it was like advanced roll your own because they had a filter on them yeah my buddy peter martin who's dead now uh, his dad had one of those and we used to make <laughs> smokes in his basement and- <laughs> why do you have to em- emphasize it like that like he's dead now well, because have no. you done an inventory lately? And I mean, you speak about, you know, dead friends. Have you done an inventory lately? It's shocking. It's another reason to, you know, now is the future. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. no, I, I, it's funny you say that. Funny. <laughs> uh, listen, two weeks ago, uh, a guy I know, Tim Steves, passed away. Last week, another guy I know from the stand up community, a guy named Alan Park. And Alan Park is also known. As uh, one of a, a great writer of a lot of those Canadian shows as well, this hour has 22 minutes. And I'm going to say the show he's on, but don't don't mock it, because he was part of the new generation of the air farce. Like when he joined along with the pretty girl that 
does impressions. Oh, that's a terrible thing. Uh, at least she's been on our show, Jessica Holmes. Right. So Alan was part of uh, the new wave of the air farce and spent years on it. And uh, just a really interesting guy to uh, mm-hmm. your point about taking an inventory passed away way too young. Like I'm talking mid fifties. I think he had the cancer and all that stuff. It was a really interesting cat. I'm not a hundred percent sure we had him on the show during the serious years, you know, when we had like nine comics a day, but he, he was definitely a guy that I'd known a long time. And it's just, it's, you know, as you say, the inventory is starting to get pretty filled oh, up. I know. <clears throat> I know. I know. I know. You try not to think about it. All right. Although I, I jotted something down here to back up with the coffee thing. Do you remember, I again, memories from being a kid. I didn't like instant coffee. We never had instant coffee. I was up north once and somebody, the only coffee they had was instant coffee, but it happened to be taster's choice. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it was it was the newest thing on the market, and the granules were a lot bigger, and it was delicious. I remember thinking this taster's choice isn't like other instant coffee. It actually tastes a bit like my dad's perk. And I don't know is that stuff is all that stuff still around? Like, I guess it is. Wouldn't it be? Like, when's the last time you saw somebody have a cup of instant coffee? But then, then again, the advent of the drip. It, it, you know, it pulverized the instant coffee, I guess, because it was so convenient. But, you know, it's funny you ask that. It's funny because... Everything's funny. <laughs> because I'm sure it's around, but none. the three of us and a lot of people listening haven't even checked. But I, yeah. I you know, I'm sure here, have a listen to this uh, blast from the past. Why isn't it playing? Oh, here we go. Oh, the audio's too bad. It's a taster's choice commercial. Come on, YouTube. Get your audio settings figured out. I can't even play it, Dan. It's too, it's too low. Oh, need a booster. We'll have yeah. to work on that. You um, know what? Uh, my, when, I was, when I was raised, uh, I remember that <laughs> we only had percolated coffee. Oh, yeah? When, when uh, it was a special night when people come over. And my mom had the uh, uh, tall. It was a, you plugged it in the wall. It was tall and gold. Yes, and we had that one. Thing in the, and, this, oh, and, it, and it burbled oh. in the top. Yeah, a little thing. Yeah, whatever. What? Remember the commercial? Boop 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 boop. And that and it was to to the uh, the beat of the percolating coffee in the little glass thing at the top that you could see. Do you remember that commercial? I don't. <laughs> but I like to. I like that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, memories, eh? Yeah, Dan, that's what I'm talking about. My mother and father, when ha- when when company would come over, uh, they would do. Then you you know you'd look at it. it had the long uh, center spout, and the coffee went in the yep. top in that canister, and then you could tell it was ready when it started to burble. Yeah, and it was gold. Mm-hmm. It was in that 1960s shit you know, gold long, color, long kind of stem. <laughs> That's yeah. right, spout kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I think that uh, it's great for the audience that we've done 22 minutes about old time coffee. <laughs> but I would like to suggest. Remember, I remember a big phrase just before we leave. Oh this, no, let's never tea. leave this. And, and it's still. Well, hey, wait, maybe but after, I remember. Maybe, wait, wait. Maybe after this, we could get to tea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> funny you say that. Funny. <laughs> No, funny you say that, because when I grew up on our street, people didn't, they just showed up and knocked on your door and came in, like the neighbors, right? Sure. Or the odd time you'd get a call and it'd be, "Uh, Freddie, uh, it's uh, Mrs. Bully, tell your mom to put the kettle on. 
In that in that phrase of put the kettle on, right. I, I just as a kid, I remember that. Tell your mom to put the kettle on. Hey, Mary, you coming over? I'm going to put the kettle on for tea. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a lot different. It's like, hey, Freddie, tell your mom to put a carrot cube in the a carrot cup in the machine. It's, what do you mean it's done? <laughs> yeah. Memories. Eh? Memories. 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 Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's make new memories today for the Humble and Fred audience. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred studios in a Brampton basement, a dining room table in Peterborough, and our newest studio in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, with a daytime high of 27. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now, here are two men who marvel at the tech we have that can allow for us to be so far apart, but still together, and still so far apart. It's Humble and Fred. That's a great job, Dan Duran. Well done, my brother. And, uh... Just before we get to some uh, sponsors, I have to thank Dan, who has, uh, you know, I've been really lucky to be able to do this traveling, going to Paris and France and, and now here in Mexico. And Dan Duran has adopted Stan to, uh, and he's hanging out with Stan. He took Stan to Lisa's, where he's at right now. I'm, yeah. I, I think that's Lisa's or... <laughs> what room or have you here? met someone new <laughs> well, we don't know dan moves so quickly dan Durant tote bag in that house <laughs> that's right but uh that's are you at lisa where is that lisa's living room it looks really nice yeah, it's, it's a dining room table from a different angle yeah oh so, very nice mm. yeah so the dogs are over there stan is tearing apart some sort of dog animal as his job is and shaking it back and forth, and uh, white fluff is all over the place. It's great. We're having a good Does time. he do that thing where he shakes the, the toy that he's playing, and then he goes upside, he goes inverted, and he just sits on the floor playing with it? Like, it really... Yeah, Lisa was pretty amazed by that. And also, the throwing the thing up in the air is another uh, kind of special moment. Like, what are you thinking? It's like, okay, good. Yeah, oh, no, he tosses, and, oh, no, he tosses the tosses toy himself. Four or five feet in the air, yeah. Yeah, he like... And, and I, I'll tell you, it's funny having Clifford in, and Stan together, because... I think I said this to you guys before, you know, it really does. And maybe I think it does that for Clifford too. Like it, it makes them, I don't know, feel younger or something. Like, yeah. There's more of a spring in Clifford's step. That's, that's true. And they're you know, running around a little bit more and, you know, yeah. Like the other day when I was still, dogs like that. when I was, <clears throat> excuse me, still in our studio, I turned my mic off and I sort of yelled to Dan upstairs. I'm like, what's going on? Because all I could hear is like running back and forth. And I thought, oh, Dan had fallen or something. <laughs> and sure enough, why are you laughing? In the house, you got to check. <laughs> hey, Dan, yeah. why are you laughing? <clears throat> well, you know, it's uh, comedy's always close to the truth. Is that not true? Well, anyway, I just was worried yeah. for you because you are getting to be a senior citizen, Dan. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I did some uh, figuring out in the middle of the night that. Next year, I'm going to turn 63, you're going to turn 67, and Dan is going to turn 65. Our actual, the three, our ages together will average 65. Oh, cool. Oh. And did you total it up and divide by three and get that answer? Yeah, that's usually how math works now. 
Yeah. Yes, and did you total it up? Total years and then total broadcast years? And Oh, no, I didn't do broadcast years. I'll do that tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right, and, uh, you work on that. I'll get some news. Listen, this whole first section of the program has been brought to you by these fine Person people. Your commute again. Well, Do you find yourself living at work instead well, of working from home? Well, it's in San Miguel. Okay, okay. When okay, it feels fine, like fine. all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, sorry about that. I kind of sprung it on you. I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget it because oftentimes I do. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it was music for the beginning of my read. Okay, well, I get you some right now, bro. Hang on. Hey, hey these things happen, Howard. I like this. Uh, this is kind of uh, cool music. Uh, who are you going to talk about, Freddie? Well, I'm going to tell the people, Weldston. Here's another thing about you. I call it San Miguel de Allende, but you're not supposed to. Uh, you're not supposed to pronounce the L's? Is that all the times I've been there, I don't know that? It's Allende? Yes. Wow, isn't that something? You know, that's the Scarborough in me. It really is. But, but, I'm, but I'm curious, like, you didn't hear people calling it Allende? No, it just it sounded like San Miguel de Allende to me. All right, well, listen, I don't think anyone's going to hate on you for it, but... Uh, oh, no, but going forward, Howard, going forward, Weldston San Miguel de Allende. Si, senor. Howard, he has great medical coverage. Yes, he does. He's part of the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. That's Humble and Fred Radio is part of that. And uh, again, Howard has the security while traveling of Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, Chambers Plan is uh, Canada's leading group benefit plan for yeah small businesses, say, you know, up to 100 employees. It'll work. I mean, you can have two employees, actually. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Travel, just one aspect of it. Of course, prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies. They have uh, uh, an HR component now, mental health after all this COVID crap, which is something we'll talk about going forward. In this morning's show, some alarms here in uh, Ontario, Howard. Uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business, chamberplan.ca. I want to come back to uh, some medical stuff as well. I read a story this morning in the news, and I, I wasn't sure if I was reading it right. But first, I want to tell you about the the people at GoDaddy. GoDaddy has been powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. You know, we've told you about GoDaddy. That's where you go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. One of the unique aspects of GoDaddy is their free and friendly 24-7 support. That means you can call somebody and they will help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy and try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I'm sorry, I kind of missed what you were going to say. You wanted to come back to something because I was uh, trying to find the uh, GoDaddy copy. What were you saying? You wanted to come back to something in uh, Ontario? Yeah, the um, today, um, you know, top doctor Kieran Moore, Moore, I think his name is, is going to recommend the use of um, masks outside the home. No mask mandate, and it's not going to be, you know, um, a hard, fast rule. But and even the premier has come out now and said, please, when you're outside of the home, wear a mask. So 
Is that anyway? Is that here because, we go. No, is that because the, uh, the the numbers are going up at a pretty shocking rate? Yeah, they're just they're trying to be proactive on the emergency rooms and the kids. You know, there's this new respiratory thing this fall called RVS or something. I maybe I don't have the letters correct, but I'm sure people know what I'm talking about because it's been in the news. That's been affecting kids, and it may not be COVID, but it's still piling up the uh, the emergency rooms. So that's where we're at with that. And as of today, Howie, you know, a week ago was oh, can you say it was hot here? It was very warm. There's a light dusting of snow on the ground, and yesterday was actually a bit raw. So, of course, people are going to be hunkering inside now, and uh, you know, which is step one to a problem. Well, you got to figure, and I and I had heard about that respiratory illness affecting kids, but you got to affect. And I think that, like, listen, I'm still a little bit congested. I don't, you know, I had COVID uh, over three weeks ago now, and you know, I, I'm clearing my throat a lot more than I normally do, and I've got a bit of congestion. What I was going to say though is, you got to figure that with COVID having you know ripped through society, that other other diseases, other uh, ailments were going to pop up given the mm-hmm. environment and the amount of people that were being infected by it. What I wanted to bring up to you is something I read this morning, and maybe you've heard of this. And I just the article was says new details of the federal government's dental care plan are emerging. And it's a, uh, a document was re- reviewed by uh, an industry uh, paper called The Morning Floss, indicated the program will be delivered by a private sector partner and cover uninsured patients earning less than 90000 per year. Hmm? Yeah, I, again, I, I didn't, and I just saw this headline and I cut and pasted it because I'm like, what? Are we going to now have federally, is there going to be a sort of a health care covering people and their dental plan? You know what? I, I can't. I can't speak to that, Howard. I don't know. You know, well, I mean, it, the argument against it's always been that, you know, dental can be so preventative, right? Like brush your teeth three times a day and you shouldn't have a problem. I mean, really, that's been the pushback against it, um, which I've always found a little bit weird because a lot of things that we cover at, on our medical plans. Right are also preventable. You can stop eating and not be 75 pounds overweight. You know, you could make that argument. Oh, oh, no, no, I understand. But the problem is, if dental had been part of the original health care coverage in this country, it wouldn't be an issue but it would be so expensive now that's the argument they don't they they don't want to they don't want to pay for it up until now i guess but and that was sort of the argument well we sort of have to trust individuals to look after their teeth and maybe it wouldn't be an issue but again it go beyond that it's like some people have softer teeth than other people and, and uh, also sometimes a lot of your you know dental issues are hereditary and not <laughs> your fault i think it would be and if you're like like you know if you're you know um a freedom trucker, you probably don't brush your teeth, that type of thing. Yeah, if you're a freedom trucker or you do a lot of meth, you can't be held responsible. I think we should uh, get Brett Tanner on it because I wonder because I was when I read it, the first thing I thought was a Chambers plan, and I, I mean you brought that up. I wonder what would happen to what that would do to people's insurance. Would it make it go down or up or well, whatever? I just saw that headline. Here's another headline I thought of you: the uh, Toronto Argonauts are going to be playing the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Are they not? Yes, in the Grey Cup. In, in 109th Grey Cup. In Regina. 
And I looked ahead at the forecast. It's <laughs> yeah, going to be did. game time. It's going to be about minus 14 Celsius. <laughs> and, and that's this weekend. They don't take two weeks off. They do just the next weekend, yeah. right? Yeah, well, that, you know, years and years ago, they used to take two weeks off, but they stopped that. Well, that's because it was the ice storms. No, that's well, the first yeah. thing I thought of because, I, you know, listen, I grew up in a family that cheered for the Regina Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yes, it was. Uh, the CFL was huge in my family growing up, and it was big for my father. Mm-hmm. You know, well into his uh, later years, and in fact, a year after he died, the Riders won the Grey Cup. So I'm, you know, I don't like to poo-poo the <laughs> CFL, but can we not figure out a better place to have the Grey Cup than Regina in December? Well, it's interesting because when I was a kid and I was a huge CFL fan and the Argonauts were my favorite Toronto team, I was just crazy over the Argonauts. Um, one year it would be Vancouver, the next year Toronto. It was just pretty much shared between Toronto and Vancouver. And then Montreal built the dome and then they started putting it in there, which made some sense. Uh I know. And then they really started to spread their wings and, and give it the cold climates. And, you know, I remember the first time in Calgary, I'm thinking, that's weird. And then Edmonton and then Regina. Are you serious? But, you know, they have a beautiful stadium in Regina and those people will sell the stadium out. Like oh, yeah. They wouldn't in some other markets. So the players just have to put up with it. And the NFL, you know, they play well in, uh, into January in cold markets like Chicago and uh, Green Bay. No, Green Bay, yeah. On Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Jeez. We'll get to yeah. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We'll get to so, Buffalo. So, yes, I watched the game yesterday. I was afraid that uh, the Argonauts were going to Toronto. They were up at eight. They were up by 18 points at, uh, I think, in the third quarter. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they were up by three points. And I thought, oh, come on. Like, really? On the heels of the Blue Jay thing and what we go through with the Leafs? I mean, really, guys? Like, I'm not super into it anymore, but, <laughs> but if i got to yeah. watch the Grey Cup. If i got to watch the Grey Cup next week, I'd like to see the Argonauts in it. But uh, to their credit, they held on, and uh, they're going to the Grey Cup. Well, I, and, and I, part, I mean, I'll tell you why it makes me happy is because I, I know what football means to those people in Regina. Again, I grew up 40 <laughs> miles from that stadium. I've been to Taylor Field. I took you to the old Taylor Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm happy for it. It's a great Western Canadian thing. I don't know how many people in Ontario. Well, no, I guess Toronto. Uh, uh, Argonaut fans will watch it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there will be a big contingent of Toronto Argonaut fans that will go to Regina for the game. Here's a couple uh, other sports things for you. The uh, Canada has released its official roster of the uh, 26 players for the 2020 FIFA World Cup. And in true Canadian style, our best player, uh, Alfonso Davies, his status for the first match on November 23rd is questionable as he recovers from a hamstring injury. I bring it up for a couple of reasons because I, I wanted to sort of do a little sports roundup with you, but just help me out with this. Is this this is our first time qualifying for this? No, first time since '86. I first think. time in a long time, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty yes. cool, given given that in '86, you know the you know soccer was pretty big that league uh, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, and you know soccer was popular in Canada, but nothing like it is now. Oh, no. No. Again, yeah, it's another one of those things. I mean, the face of the country has changed, you know, all new cultures and new tastes and desires. And, uh, you know, and this is this is just another example of how that manifests. Our uh, soccer is huge. 
You know, I read an article the other day in the Star. It says, Brampton versus the world. How the sprawling city produced the core of Canada's World Cup team. Take the time. There's so many Brampton kids. Uh, And I forget exactly how many. Maybe half a dozen, whatever, have Brampton roots. But again, look at what's one of the most multicultural areas of the GTA would be Brampton. Yeah, the South Asian community is huge. It takes time for this stuff to work through the system. Oh, yeah. Here we are. And Canada will probably if not qualified, be close to qualifying from here on out because the game has has taken hold here. Well, yeah, and you know, people don't realize, not just in Brampton, but in the, the, mm-hmm. in the GTA, Oakville in particular, mm-hmm. the sport is very popular among the youths to mm-hmm. a point where yeah. it's way more popular than hockey. It's way more affordable. I would like to see some numbers, in, you know, because in the light of what's been going on with Hockey Canada, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see, you know, say since the 80s, the last time that Canada qualified for this, the nature mm-hmm. of youth participation. Because I know one thing, having grown up with both of my daughters playing in the Oakville soccer system, which has the highest uh, mm-hmm. participation of youth soccer in North America. And I remember going to play tournaments against the Brampton kids and uh, always a great, you know, was there sort of a rivalry? But my point is, I, I can just imagine that the participation in soccer has skyrocketed since we were last in the World Cup. Oh, yeah. And there's better coaching at grassroots and it just on and on and on. It's just the evolution of the sport. Yeah, there's going to be six, maybe seven Bramptonians on the World Cup team. That's Jeez. that's pretty that's pretty remarkable. It really is uh, to have that. Uh, so yeah, I think going going forward, yeah, Canada will will be a player on on the world stage. I mean, who knows? Maybe long after we're dead, which isn't that far away. Howard Canada <laughs> may win the World Cup one. Uh, yeah. Long uh, after we're dead. Hey, uh, I know. I, I don't want to. I was going to wait a little while till you had sort of stabilized emotionally. So one of the things I did yesterday, I, I watched uh, some golf in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I found uh, some coverage with Spanish commentators, which was interesting. I watched a couple holes, and I had a little afternoon old guy nap, and when I woke up, I was like, oh, how did uh, our Buffalo Bills do? Well, I only have two comments, and I'm going to turn it over to you. So I quickly go and look at the line. Right away, great first half. They come out of the... It looks like they came out of the gates playing great. And then to your point, I sort of was uh, checking out the second half, and they had... I think just three points in each quarter and uh, were overtaken. And then I saw something. Did you see that thing that Mike Boone sent us about the real time? Um, I want to get this right. Boone sent us a graph that yeah, showed us. Quickly. Pardon me? I looked at it quickly. Yeah, I, it, I didn't it, concentrate on it. It was basically, uh, um, it was from a betting company. Basically, as the game went on, the probability of the Bills winning. Mm-hmm. And it, it was all bills for the entire game then the third quarter comes and it starts to come down and then just at the end it switched so i want you to give me the story because i understand it was a a crazy game and now we're six and three instead of you know we're supposed to be eight and one at this point well i think i mentioned it on the show this team has trouble scoring points in the second half they have now 
they have now they haven't scored a touchdown in their last in the second half in their last three games now. So I mean, obviously that's a problem, and I think we all have to accept the fact this team is not what it was cracked up to be. It just isn't. Um, and there's a perfect example. I mean, what is wrong? How do you 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 fool you fool your opponent for the first thirty minutes, and then <laughs> you're solved for the final thirty? Anyway, it really. Did you did you do you know how it ended yesterday? Uh, so I, I know it ended on a field goal or something, or no, it went to overtime. Here's what happened: the Bills are up like by three points, or no, they're up by four points. I guess exactly twenty seven, twenty three, whatever the score was. So Minnesota has the ball like on the Bills one yard line, goal line stands. Howard, they stopped them four times. So you think there's like 35, 40 seconds left. Buffalo gets the ball on their half-yard line. All they have to do is move it forward, kneel once the game is over. First play from their half-yard line or whatever, Josh Allen fumbles the ball. Oh, come on. A Minnesota player falls on it in the end zone. Bang, it's 30-27 for uh, Minnesota. (laughs) Just like, you know, again, it's like, why do the teams I follow have these things go wrong? It was like it was... I was going to say it's like a Toronto thing, but Buffalo's had this problem for years, too, with their sports teams. But, yeah, that quickly. All and all they had to do was just get it out a little bit so he could kneel and the game would be over. Okay, wait a second. But then... Yeah. yeah. So, I'm sorry. So, that made it 30-27. Isn't that the game? And why would they go to overtime? Because then they... Buffalo gets the ball back, kicks the field goal to tie it. Wait, wait a second. So Buffalo with seconds, on, yeah, with hardly any. Time so with, to go. with yeah. thirty-five seconds left from their own mm-hmm. one-yard line of Buffalo, mm-hmm. they march down the field and yeah. they kick a field goal. Yes. Anyway, right. but I wrote something so down. Now it's, like, so now it's thirty-thirty. Yeah. And no right. overtime in the NFL is so dumb. Anyway. Anyway, it goes to overtime. Minnesota kicks a field goal, and overtime makes it 33-30. Bills get the ball back. Uh, you know, if they kick a field goal, the game goes on. If they get a touchdown, they win. They get down to the uh, Minnesota 30-yard, 30 or so yard line, and Josh throws a, an oh, interception damn. in the game. And the game is over. Yes. It was wild. So I wrote something down, exactly what you said. I wrote down, why is it since I started following the Buffalo Bills, they've gone into the fucking toilet? Like, I've watched three or four games now. Mm-hmm. I've been interested uh, in a lot of the games. Like, I would have never last season checked how the, how the Buffalo Bills are doing. So let's go back to that one-yard line stand. What is going on with Josh Allen? Because the last game I watched, I watched the full half of last weekend's game. He threw an interception at a bad time. He just didn't. I remember I sent you a text. I said, mm-hmm. your boy's looking pretty ordinary. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Howard. Like, even the interception to, to end the game, he sort of forced the pass, and they were in field goal range to tie it. I mean, there wasn't a lot of time left. And like a bad snap on your half yard line when you're in your own end zone. Because even if it had it just been a safety, they would have had to kick the ball back to, to Minnesota and who knows what would have happened. But yeah, it was just the weirdest thing. Here's how weird it was for me. So I, I'm at Johnny Slabshot's game. I'm watching on my phone. Buffalo, that goal line stance, they do it. They stopped them on fourth down. I shut my phone off. I thought, ooh, they won. that was too close, but they won it. Honestly. That's funny. 
And then I see a, a text from uh, Darren, our buddy Darren, going, this ending is crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, is that what he means? But seems some time has passed. What's going on? So I put it back on my phone, and the game's still on. So then I phone him, and I say, what happened? And then he told me, I didn't actually see the Josh Allen fumble. He told me that happened, and I just couldn't believe it. Like, how? How? How does that happen? But it happened. Yeah, it sucked, too. Buffalo is 6-3. and Yeah. And there's some big question marks around them, and uh, that's the way it goes. Well, would you not agree with what I said at the beginning? They're supposed to be 8-1 and at this point. The last two games, last weekend, or last week, they were supposed to beat New York, as you said, and they lost to the Jets. Uh, This week, they just had to put, you know, somebody had to jump on the ball, and they win. Yes. Uh, Quickly, before you do, have you done Bodog yet? No. Okay, so just before you talk about how you can bet on these games, mm. the NFL also played a game. I, I'm not 100% sure why they do it. I, maybe they got some deal with NFL Europe or something, but they played in Germany yesterday in front of uh, a crowd of 70,000 Germans. I, I, I didn't, you know, again, I don't really, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I just didn't really, I, I know they've been doing this for a while. I just don't know what the, what is the point of it? Because it takes the players out of, their routine for a week or i don't know well it's to make it a world sport a world game yeah so there's talking about others talk of eventually you know maybe having teams in london and maybe one in munich and it's wildly successful not like it was in toronto where it was a disaster that experiment with buffalo because they tried to screw toronto fans with ticket prices but uh, tom brady set a record yesterday he is now one. He's he is now quarterback to victory in four countries: United States, Mexico, England, and now Germany. And when you think about it, you know all those games they used to have in Toronto. What if he'd have won a game in uh, Toronto? It, yeah. it would have been five countries. But yeah, that's uh, just one of those weird records. But yeah, he's he is won games in four different countries. I'll tell you what else he's done in probably more than four countries. Mm. He's banged supermodels all over the world. Yeah. You think about that. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> of course he has. Yes. But I didn't see any of that game, but uh, yeah, it was just another just another success story where they take the act over there and they, they sell it out and the fans are rabid and, you know, expats obviously go to the games and... You know, the merchandise they sell, oh, that's imagine. one thing I saw last night on the news. They were showing all the NFL merchandise being worn by the people over there. So that's Listen, what it's all about, right? And, and as I mentioned, there's uh, we have a, 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 we know some people that can help you when it comes to betting on these kind of events, Frederick. Yeah, like tonight, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles playing the Washington Commanders. The Eagles... Uh, a ten and a half point uh, pick to continue their. Um, they haven't lost yet this season, I, uh, I do believe. Anyway, minus five fifty uh, for a, uh, the uh, if you're betting the Eagles. Uh, yeah, a ten and a half point pick should not be much of a game, but you know these cha- uh, these these things change. I mean, look at again yesterday. Bills were a favorite to win that game. In fact, there's been a lot of uh, upsets in the National Football League this year. The the, um, 
The um, well, you're saying the favorites aren't uh, performing as they yeah, should. Like, and I'm in a I'm in a football uh, pool. Uh, besides betting on Bodog, wagering through Bodog, and uh, I'm not doing very well because of all these upsets. But Bodog's been around since 1994. Whether it's uh, you know their uh, their poker room, they have uh, all uh, every sport that you could think of. Uh, you can uh, wager on at Bodog. You know what I say? That's fantastico. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you. First of all, if you go to our Facebook page, we uh, posted a picture a few days ago, and honestly, some of the it was a picture of Freddie and I at uh, Kelsey's, and I was looking. Uh, I got a notice yesterday mm-hmm. that somebody had made a comment. So I, I don't do this very often. I checked out the, uh, and it was basically a bunch of people had commented about our picture. Which we took the day we went to Kelsey's for the uh, for the lunch. Yeah, I got to tell you, was, you should read them. It was just a a bunch of people who thought we looked nice and we were aging well, and it it'll make you feel good. And a lot of people are talking about it. I'm going to send some of the comments to Kelsey's because a lot of people were talking about how we right. had sort of inspired them mm-hmm. to go back to Kelsey's. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, sports fans, why don't you grab your buds like Fred and I did and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's original roadhouse for big nachos, big screens, and big prizes. Check this out. While you're there, enjoy a cold 16-ounce bud draft for only $6. Plus, enter for your chance to win over 500 sports prizes, including NFL jerseys, soccer jerseys, all kinds of swag, and the grand prize, VIP Super Bowl 57. I think this prize is worth like twenty-two grand. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, enter to win. This contest is for a limited time only. And I can tell you that Kelsey's loves being social so much they celebrate it twice a day. Roadhouse Social Hour is every day, 3 to 5 and 8 to close. Rain or shine, they always pour. Why not try one of their exclusive lineup drinks? And, uh, you know, just enjoy yourself. Double the hours, double the social. Kelsey's, the original roadhouse. Visit kelseys.ca for more specials. Taxes extra must be legal drinking age. Yeah, I, uh, I took a look at some of the things people were saying, and it was just uh, very, very sweet. I'm not sure what people thought we looked like now, but apparently we, ex- <laughs> we somehow exceeded their expectations. Yeah, it's almost to the point now where I don't care what I look like. That's sad. Another thing that I think comes with aging. Well, I certainly care less than I used to. That's for sure. Oh, this is what I mean. I mean, I sort of gave up thinking that anyone was going to find me attractive a while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I just look, sometimes I walk by a mirror. I'm like, eh, what's going on, old man? And then I just you know, move on. Put, I put a hat on. It can be a losing battle. Like, <laughs> exactly. what do you do? What am I supposed am I gonna, to do? Yeah, Botox, you know? Botox. Am I, I going to go to the 600-pound doctor or whatever and have him cut flab off me? Yeah, none of that's going to happen, so what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, there some people it matters more than others. And I, not that I like to throw in the towel, but, you know. I find now, you know, the ear hair. You've mentioned this. Oh, my God. Stuff like that, where maybe before you would sort of stay on that. But no, I'm grows. trying to stay on that. I'll tell you why. I go. I had my hair cut. I had a trim on uh, Friday yeah. before I came here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't really cut my hair very much. She just spent most of the time 
uh, attending to my eyebrows, ears, ear hair, not just mm-hmm. the ear hair in the ear, but the ear hair that grows on the outside of the ear. And then I mm-hmm. got this stuff around the back of my neck. It's, you know, it's really, a. I think at some point I see this with older guys where they get they just let their eyebrows go because what are you going to do fucking trim them every minute of every day well delise reminds me from time to time but you know what i could grow a big eyebrow hair during this show that's oh, yeah. how quick it grows when I've you're an old it. guy oh yeah same with my same with fingernails and toenails it's like they're growing faster than they ever have now it gets nuts it's too much really it is. and you're fair you're a fair man Think about what it is for a gorilla like me. Mm -hmm. You know, I got my shoulder hair. And, you know, when I was, you know, in a relationship, I tried to keep at it and trim it a little bit because it gets gross. You know, my I'll tell you, my uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, Steve is like a baby gorilla. He always has been. Yeah, yeah, he's like shawarma. Edmonton, Steve has always been the hairiest of the Glassman brothers. Mm hmm. You know, I was at uh, my older brother's birthday celebration in the spring of uh, this year. And, uh, you know, I shared a room with Edmonton Steve. And, I, you know, we're getting dressed to go golfing and things. And I see him without his shirt on. And I'm like, oh, my God, man, what are you wearing? <laughs> it's just a, it's like a carpet. Mm-hmm. But now that's happening. Dad, give you that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Now it's happening to me. I got a fucking shoulder hair and this back thing going on. I know. Anyway. I know. You just try not to think about it. But, you know, you have, um, well, you're single right now, but you do have sort of a responsibility or a, you owe it to your mate to stay on top of these things mm-hmm. because doll stays on top of it. So oh, does she? that's the pressure. If yeah. we could just grow old and ugly together, it would be so much easier. But, you know, she still stays on top of that stuff. So oh, I dude. can't look like what? Well, I was going to say, I came over to your house about three weeks ago and dropped some stuff off. I think before I went to Paris, yeah. look at me. And uh, I just sat there in the late afternoon sun just observing your wife. And she is just beyond put together. Forget her personality, which is soft and kind like an angel. Fuck. You know, it, just the way she looks and her hair that day. And I know maybe she knew I was coming over. Maybe she didn't. It just looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of which. So there's a chance that I could go on a little date here. In oh, San really? Miguel de Allende. Oh, yeah. With that 79-year-old woman you were talking about earlier? I would, but no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, there's a, I met a couple yesterday when you were texting me, being all funny. Um, and, they, you know, had a nice lunch with them. They're friends of Bill's and found out I was going to be in town for a few weeks. And they said, oh, we have uh, somebody who come, uh, maybe come over and meet for dinner or activities. And I was like, sure, man, bring it on. So uh, I think I'm going to be invited to uh, some kind of dinner party experience. Will there be somebody there, you know, possibly to go on a date? So I'm going to have to work on my ear hair. Like you'll go out for dinner or you'll be invited over to their home? Well, I think in the beginning we'll go for like a, hey, he's a couple of things. And then who knows? Maybe we'll go on our own somewhere. That would just be your luck. Down there, sunshine, golf, having a great time and a sexcapade while you're there. Listen, I'm a little bit backed up. <laughs> Listen, I, I try and, uh, 
you know, make sure it doesn't get out of hand, but it's been a few months. So, yeah, if that happens, that would be a delightful time here in San Miguel de Allende. So is this woman Spanish or is she like an expat Canadian or American? Well, there's a couple, actually. One, I think, is Spanish. There's two. You're oh, having a threesome? I don't know. Oh. Just easy now. Come on, because if Bill's what? listening, I don't want Bill to be embarrassed oh, yeah. by anything said on this program. Okay. Come on. I'm next door to the Superman, Bill Hertz. I don't know. Listen, man, I'm just going to take it as it comes. And uh, if somebody, if we go on a date, that would be great. I would just like to meet somebody and go for dinner with them and have them tell me about what their life is like here. And, you know, if well, it turns... What if they got money and they own a place down there and every winter now you're living with this woman in her at her place in mm. Mexico? Like this, this is what, you know, fantasies are made of. Uh, exactly. Well, I, but I think maybe we should meet first <laughs> before before I move in with her. <laughs> well, but, that's uh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, no, that's we'll one be. thing that that type of although every day is exciting with doll. Oh, yeah. Been together 40, 42 years. Every day is super exciting. But that's one thing about being signal, signal, or signal. single at your yes. age is that that excitement, that, that adventure of uh, new relationships, like being a kid again. Wow. Sure. Uh, and how is it exciting all those years with Doll? I, my theory is it's exciting because you never know when you're going to wake up and she's going to go, okay, enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough now. Yeah. Off you go. Nice. No, <laughs> she'd never do that because she loves her Freddie Bum Bum. Uh, hey, speak- one thing I want to mention uh, just before we, yes. we we did a sports segment. Yes, uh, we did. Remiss yeah. if I didn't mention it. The big story here in Toronto over the weekend. I don't know if you heard about it. Is that um, it was the Hall of Fame game, the Leafs and Pittsburgh Friday night, and then they did another sort of um, tribute on Saturday night to Boria Salming who has uh, ALS, and it's just a sad, sad sight. Yeah, I heard about it. And his buddy, um, Daryl Sittler, you know, those teams in the mid-'70s that I just adored as a kid. Daryl Sittler was just brought to absolute tears on ice as they paid tribute to Borea Salming. And again, he's, you know, we just heard about this, him, you know, his problems I think in early fall, and odd. It's so. Did you see any pictures? It's well, so I saw painful. the uh, video of Sittler raising uh, Salming's hand above his head. It's so painfully obvious that this it's got a hold of him, and uh, yeah. but just Sittler's reaction was: you talk about one man loving another man. There it was, something else. And I just want to, and I, I want to get back because we. I actually had a nice chat with uh, Bill about this last night, and we were mm-hmm. talking. But I want to, you know, it, of all the things you can get. And, we're, and all of us are going to get something. <clears throat> you know, I, 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 you, no one gets out without something. Well, you know, you're going to have a replacement knee or you're going to have a heart problem. But of all the things that could happen to you, that to me feels like one of the, the shittiest bits of luck that somebody can have. If, you know, this ALS, there's just no, there's no cure, and like a lot of diseases, but it's the kind of thing that locks you inside your decaying right. body or... Your body shuts down, and it's just the worst because you are mentally absolutely there. But you mentioned luck. What about that guy who got pulled into the leaf shredder there last summer in Oshawa? That that's yeah, mean, that would be bad luck, luck too. Luck. Yeah, yeah, okay. You want to talk yeah. about luck. I was trying to be serious to make a point about aging and health, but you serious? Too? Oh yeah, you well, use the word luck. You know, it's the worse yeah. luck to get ALS. And I well, said, I, I, yeah. But pretty unlucky, you know, your <laughs> sleeve catch your sleeve gets caught in the wood chipper and Yeah, but there's a lot of things like that. You know, 
<laughs> I know, I know. You're yeah, right. I know. I, you're I, doing, I, I, I'm doing I, a comedy I, bit. Well, if we're, if we're back to comedy, one of the things I said to Bill, I said, you know, I, we had talked about Borea Salming and the thing with mm-hmm. the Leafs. And, I, and then we had this great discussion about how Borea Salming, you know, was part of that wave of European players that came to the NHL in the 70s and were absolutely shit talked and talked about how they weren't tough enough and cherry was part of that and you know borea salming one of the toughest players to play in that league and bill reminded me when salming got that skate across the face and that scar that's still there today and so we were talking about how tough the europeans were and i said oh and don't forget the fact that uh, salming was called what was his nickname the king the king yeah and bill said why 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 are they calling that i said because you didn't know that story i'm no. surprised uh and dan do you know why they called borea salming the king no, I did. I don't know. Same reason we call you the king. <laughs> yes, same reason. Same oh, reason. really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you can. You and Borea could have a long ding cong. T- <laughs> a long. I could have a long dong contest. <laughs> you know those. A oh long man, ding I, dong. Long ding dong. I remember. <laughs> I just remember it vividly. Mid seventies, the Leafs in the against the Philadelphia Flyers, the Broad Street Bully. Some of those series. And Salming, you know, they tried to beat up on Salming because he was their defensive quarterback. Um, but he was a warrior, man. Just like he took it all and gave it back. And he was just such a great, great Maple Leaf. He really was. And Bill said that his memory of Borea was that, you know, outside of Bobby Orr, Borea Salming was one of the best players to play, mm. to ever play in that game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the way we thought of Europeans playing in the NHL, even into the 80s, you know, the Kent Nilsons and all these guys. And it took a long time for Canadians to get their heads around the fact that some of the foreign players were the best players we had. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And that took a while. Yeah, he came to uh, the Leafs and it didn't take long for the uh, the city to fall in love with him. He came with Inga Hammerstrom. Remember that name? His, the two his, of them came to the Leafs together, and uh, Hammerstrom was the guy that uh, yeah. Harold Ballard's. He can go in the corner with half a dozen eggs and come out, and they wouldn't be broken. And ironically, the Swedish name for uh, his wiener is Hammer Strong, so bringing it full circle. And, hey, uh, speaking of, uh, I don't know, speaking of something, how is uh, Freddie's driving the. And I, I got this wrong. It's not Kia, it's a Hyundai, isn't it? The Kona? Yeah. yeah. The uh, Kona from Electric Vehicle Network. Now we've been uh, talking about EVs and how affordable they are. But what about this? EVnet.ca gives you an opportunity to rent an EV before you buy it. That's unbelievable. Not a lot of dealerships will even let you test drive one because they have no stock. Bolt, Kona, Outlander, Nissan Leaf, and the Tesla Model 3. It is a unique buying experience, and Fred's going through it right now, which is basically getting sort of your head around what it would be like if you were driving an EV full-time. So I got to go over to you now and say it's been uh, at least a week or so. And uh, you have uh, been driving that Kona around. It's a pretty solid vehicle. Oh, it's a great little ride. It's fantastic. And, um, you know, I just keep thinking, as I drive it, and I think how wonderful this is as I pass all the gas stations and don't even have to think about it. And again, how smooth the ride is and how comfortable the car is and... 
functional like any other vehicle without the gas, how this technology isn't actually farther ahead. More people have to get in them and do what I'm doing to fully appreciate that this is this is quite the option, people, when you think about it. You know, tabulate what gas costs and then think about having an electric vehicle electric vehicle where you would never have to purchase gas. It really is something. Because to me it's there. The technology is there. Why isn't every car on the street now electric and not uh, uh, you know uh, dumping all the emissions? Like, you know what I mean? It's like we I just think we should be farther ahead given my experience so far. Well, I can is tell it, you that uh, I read that stat too. 50% of Canadians are considering an electric vehicle yeah. for their next purchase and so should you. And we want you to consider EVNet for so many reasons, but like I say it's a unique uh, app you can let, I'll, we're going to get into the app at some point, but just, you just basically go to the app, uh, decide when you want to rent it. They give you the car, you rent it, and it couldn't be simpler. You get a chance to find out how does the charging thing work. Because I can tell you, for every argument for an EV, they've got the people that will go, oh, yeah, but what about you know going on a trip? They've solved all that. And you can find out how at evnet.ca slash rent or rentelectric.ca. All right, Dan Duran. Yep. Uh, Dan Duran is back now with his uh, getting ready for his news. A uh, little uh, coffee talk at the beginning of the show. And I just looked down and saw this from our friend uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj. And uh, before I tell you what he's texted me, I can tell you this, man. Walking around with that hot spot in my pocket just gives you such... You know, I was on this road from uh, Mexico City We're to... We're talking technology. Technology. Right yeah. <laughs> Not I, something you're going to give to that date. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Come on. Remember, this is, this is, these are people. This is not just all comedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have this uh, device. It's a portable Wi-Fi from GigSky. And even though they're no longer an official client, we want to support them because we're having what, what you're getting to experience through us is real world use of their technology there's 190 countries where you just you can use the sim or the hotspot which is like i have it right here i'm not sure how i'll show people what it looks like there it is that's how big it is it fits in your pocket and i'm walking around so anyway but back from from mexico city to san miguel it's about four hours and the cell coverage is pretty good but i i wanted to do some because i was google translating all the way and singing with the Bee Gees. And I have this portable high Wi-Fi in my pocket. It's it's great. It's and and mm-hmm. and walking around San Miguel yesterday, I just because I don't want to use too much data off my phone because it's so expensive. Well, I haven't had to uh, because of Gig Sky. So I can just once again recommend you if you're going to travel this winter, it really is an essential service and will save you so much money. So here's what uh, Rudra wrote when we were talking coffee an hour ago. Abigail Folger of the Folger coffee family, the empire was one of the people killed by Charles Manson in that slaughter, uh, back in the late sixties or whenever that was with, um, Patty Hearst and all that stuff. So there you go. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I just thought you would find it somewhat more fascinating than just staring at mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. What's that? <laughs> it's at least as interesting as us talking about all the different coffees our parents used to drink. 
Well, no, that is interesting. You know, it's just how those rich kids, you know, sometimes get sucked into that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they got what well, she wasn't sucked in. She was actually killed by them. Um, Dan Duran, no, are you? She, what's wouldn't that? she have been part of the, the cult? Maybe. No, no. She was killed by the cult. Oh, okay. All right. She was one of the people killed by Manson and his cult family. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, right. I'm thinking of Johnstown, right, where the cult killed each other. Yeah, the cult. That's a different Oh, right. Okay. At Jonestown, they weren't serving coffee. They were serving Kool-Aid. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about all the Kool-Aid we drank when we were children. In the meantime, it's time for this. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house Broadcasting to the world from her dining room table Here with news and views Is Dan Duran Well Howard, we missed our chance We both passed through Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris where that guy that was in the Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal, it was inspired by, he was there. We missed it, and now he's dead. He uh, passed uh, over the weekend in Terminal 2F of Natural Causes. Dude, I was in Terminal 2F. What, what, was he still living in the airport? He returned, apparently. He lived there from 1988 to 2006. He was from Iran. He lost his papers somewhere around there. And then he was like, uh, he was uh, expelled for protesting against uh, the Shah of Iran or something. And so he was, uh, he was trapped at the airport for a number of years. He uh, was offered uh, to naturalize or whatever into France, but he originally was uh, going for Britain. But he spent so long in the airport. He was uh, he got out of there in 2006 and ended up as a homeless person. And and they say that perhaps all that time in the airport without windows and stuff that he uh, he may have uh, his his lost his mind a little bit. Anyway, he uh, returned as a homeless person was living in 2F where we were. Yeah, we could have walked right by him. Like, we didn't like, even he know was just, it. like, how do you, I love that movie? But I can't remember. Like in the movie, he's just stuck there for a while, not years. Right. I in didn't movie, realize it was inspired by. It was not. It did not. By, right. In, in the movie, he's just there. I think for a weekend or something. But I didn't realize he lived in the airport for all those years. Like, how could he afford the food? <laughs> well, people used to give him stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The airport workers started to, you know, like him. He was sleeping on a bench or something. And yeah, so there was. What? It, what kills me is it took him years to lose his mind. Christ, I lose my mind in half an hour. Yeah, yeah. The airport. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, I mean, yeah. And there are windows in the airport, Dan. I'm, that's how you can see where the planes are. Well, maybe wherever he was. I mean, it was windowless. Uh, yeah. In the, I will tell you this, not to jump away from this story, but I found Paris Airport very easy to get around not not confusing it's a huge airport but you know i think sometimes people are afraid of travel because they're you know they're they're some of that stuff can be confusing and or they think it's going to be and it turns out you know they run these things pretty well these uh these people have figured out how to get people in and out of these places yeah there's lots of walking but you'll figure it out oh yeah easily. yeah, yeah. I, howard it's uh, interesting you say that um I often thought, you know, if somebody 
could be taken to the airport and go into a room if there is a room or an explanation or whatever just showing displaying the logistics that it takes in one day to run a place like that you'd have a better appreciation you know of your of the carousel being yeah totally agree half an hour longer a flight being delayed because just think about it you know just think about it. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was waiting for my luggage at Mexico City, and it's a huge airport, huge, and multi-carousels everywhere. And I was sort of struck, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm sort of in vacation mode, so I'm in no hurry. I know that there's somebody waiting to drive me, so I'm not worried about how I'm going to get to my next destination. But I am fascinated, and I, I full, I know I can be very frustrated and patient. But it's interesting when you observe other people, how quickly they go from zero to where the fuck is my luggage? Like it's, I don't know if it's maybe younger people or when we were all younger, but mm-hmm. the, the way they crowd around it and they move in front of you, they like, it's, Hey, it's all gonna, it's all coming out eventually. You don't need to be right where the thing, you know, right, right mm-hmm. at the beginning of it. I actually went because it was a double carousel. I went as far away from the entrance to where they came up because I thought it'll, I'll see mine eventually. And I, on that, further to that point, why when the plane stops and the, and the thing goes ding, does everybody stand up immediately? I don't. What is that? Because you can't get out for a long time. <laughs> That's right. You're just standing there in the aisle, so you know, pushing into each other. Head- People stand up with their heads bent. Below <laughs> That's the, right. Below the baggage things. And it's like, what? Like, I don't get that. Because you, you don't leave until the people in front of you can leave. So, like, what, what is that? You heard the ding. That's why. Yeah, you heard the ding. And, and uh, you know, and of course, as soon as the plane's main wheels touch, forget the nose wheel. I am people. Right. You watch people. As soon as those mains come down, their phones are turning on. But it's interesting you say that, too, about the, the sideways head. One of the things I, yeah. you know, I try and do for older people, if I can, it's, a, it's a, a nice thing, is to get their luggage from the overhead bin and help you know, the elderly out. But I am struck by how fast younger people are you know, trying to get their shit down, and it's coming down on top of people, and it turns into chaos. Yeah, because you, you, you know what I mean? Like, even that... When the people in front of you are gone, then you get up and then lift the thing and grab your bag and go. Like I, it's just one of those odd sort of phenomenons that just continues to happen. And you know, and if you fly with any frequency, you know that I'm not leaving this thing any faster than the people ahead of me. So yeah. what's the urgency? Hey, before we get back to Dan Duran's news, do you want to tell us a little thing or two about this fellow? The retirement shop? Yeah, would you mind? Oh, definitely. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Now uh, in the United States, we heard from him the other day. He's at his southern home, but that means nothing. He's licensed on both sides of the border. So retirementsherpa.ca is how you can contact him. And again, if you have a portfolio and you're concerned about, you know, it's health and you want somebody to have a second look, he's your guy. Want to start from scratch? You know, right now wouldn't be a bad time to start from scratch with things a little depressed, so to speak, although the markets are bouncing back quite nicely. Uh, yeah, he's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblip. You have heard him on this show, and uh, he's a great guy to trust. RetirementSherpa.ca. 
Uh, Dan Duran, if you're uh, into it, we have time. Uh, just We have just a little bit of time for your second story. We head back to the newsroom of Dan Duran Industries. And now with his second story, here is a fellow named Dan Duran. Trump isn't mad. He is not mad. You may have heard that Trump was very upset about the election results, but Trump came out on Twitter replacement Truth Social to uh, uh, Truth This. For those many people that are being fed the fake narrative from the corrupt media that I am angry about the midterms, don't believe it. I am not angry at all. Did a great job. I wasn't the one running and am very busy looking into the future. Remember, I am a stable genius. <laughs> I'm sorry. He actually said, remember, I am a stable genius. I am genius. a stable genius. Because yeah. no, nothing signals stability as much as telling people how stable you are. I've tried it. <laughs> I tried that for a while in the drinking years. No, I'm stable. Leave me alone. It's funny we went the whole show without. Yeah, I, and I'm and I want to wrap it up without getting yeah. into it because no, we got I all I got a whole bunch of Trump stuff for tomorrow and. Yeah, and he's making a big announcement tomorrow too. Apparently, yeah, I can't wait. You know, hinting that he's going to do the presidential run, but the, you know, people are saying, "Hey, wait until the uh, the runoff on December 6th has happened in Georgia before you do any more of your." Which turns out it will. It's interesting if you're not. Again, I don't want to get into it other than to say that runoff now has been rendered useless because the uh, Senate will be controlled by the Democrats in an unprecedented retention of that um, body of the government. For the first time in many, many years, the sitting government retained the Senate. Mm -hmm. So you can say what you want about Trumpism. It's not as popular as people thought. Oh, not nearly. And it really has exposed who the vile, disgusting, heartless bastards are in that in that party. By the way, the the Senate thing, you're not it, it, it is pretty significant to get that extra seat if you look into it. Like you're right, they're going to control it, but it's pretty important to get one more for various reasons. Well, sure, so, but but right now they're at uh, forty. They're well, at they have 50, control. Well, they Absolutely. have fifty forty nine, and even if uh, like. I can't believe, I, I know Dan, see what Dan's done? I can't believe that anyone voted for Herschel Walker, who has got the, the intelligence of this coffee machine. But if, if he were to win, Kamala Harris still has the tiebreaker vote in the Senate, and they will control the agenda. What it will do for President Joe Biden is it will give him an opportunity, unlike Bob Obama got, mm-hmm. unlike Obama, where the Senate went to the Republicans and all they did was cock block everything he wanted to do for the next two years the only problem with that though is there remember that mansion is his name joe mansion yeah, mansion? yeah. that's the problem that's why they need that extra seat because he'll uh he'll well sometimes he, he derails the yeah, he, he derails yeah. the agenda so that's why they might want that one but uh yeah it's uh it's quite the story Oh yeah, and and we'll dwell, we'll delve in it delve into it a bit tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Lumby will be our guest tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll have uh, somebody on the show from the south of France, Dan and Jeff from Southern Ontario, and me from what's it called, Fred? San Miguel de Allende. <laughs> yeah, that's right. San Miguel de Allende. Allende. Ayenda. And you're mad at What the fuck did they put L's in there for if you were not going to use it? I'll tell you why. Because it's a different language. 
Oh, I have no, I have no patience for that. I know you don't. Uh, Dan Duran, great job. All right, thanks everyone. And uh, tomorrow, I will also tell you about this uh, business that Bill's son is in. I was, uh, I had, I'm I had some of the best chicken wings I've ever had. And I'm going to tell you about Bill's business tomorrow, Bill's son's business, because if you're in the San Miguel de Allende uh, area, you should be ordering wings from this kid. What kid. flavor did you have? What flavor were they? Uh, his, I don't know. They were sort of, uh, God, they had different sauces. I don't know what flavor. They were great flavor. Okay, okay. I'm All just right. asking. God damn. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking what flavor were the wings, because, you know, when All you right. get wings, usually flavor is a big uh, part of it. What flavor is my dick? Musty (laughs) All right, uh, thanks everyone And uh, to say so long From Mexico and North America Or uh, Southern Ontario Here's Dan Duran This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four-cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening to us on, help us out by liking, subscribing, and giving us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> That's not true. That was a good drum break. Pick yourself up off the side of the road with the elevator balls and your whip flash tones. Members only.